The information provided in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Before making a health decision, please consult with a qualified medical professional. Thank you for your attention and enjoy today's episode. What is up, good people of the internet? My name is Tony and you're tuned into Hemp Nerd, the podcast that clarifies how safe and effective medical cannabis is so you can have a smoother road to recovery. Now, in today's episode, we're actually going to be answering the question, can you take CBD oil with diazepam? Now, if you're unfamiliar with Hemp Nerd and my content, the way we normally like to do things for us is initially we want to understand exactly what we're dealing with. So I'm going to spend a bit of time talking about um, diazepam, what it is, what it's used for, um, and I guess any side effects that it comes with and then from there we're going to actually shift the conversation to can you actually take it with cbd oil is it safe and what are the risks involved with that um for everyone who's already familiar with hemp nerd you know what time it is however if you're new to hemp nerd uh, or you've been watching for a while and you actually haven't subscribed yet hopefully today's the day actually earn your subscription so with that said let's jump into it So where we're going to kick things off is by answering the most obvious question, which is what is diazepam and what is it used for? So diazepam is a synthetic drug belonging to a class of drugs called benzodiazepines. So a benzodiazepine is a type of drug that is commonly known as a tranquilizer. So in effect, uh, di- uh, diazepam is a tranquilizer. Um, now tranquilizers fall in, into two main categories. Uh, the first one is major tranquilizers, which are medically known as antipsychotic agents or neuroleptics because they're used to treat major states of mental disorder, such as schizophrenia, for example. And then the other class is your minor tranquilizers, uh, which are medically known as anti-anxiety agents or anxiolytics. Anxiolytics, that's how you say it. Now, the reason they're called that is because they're used for uh, to, or they used to treat minor states of mental disorder, such as obviously anxiety, just as an example. Now, diazepam is is sold under the name of Valium, as well as a few other different brand names, um, which I won't get into because there's really no point. Um, because at the end of the day, the main ingredient there is diazepam. Um, now, it's used to treat the main conditions that it's used to treat that I could find through my um, research is anxiety, alcohol withdrawal, seizures, and insomnia. And it's also used to induce amnesia in, in, in difficult procedures. And I don't know why you'd want to induce amnesia, um, but anyway, it's used for that. And it's also used for muscle relaxation uh, and as an anesthetic before surgery. So. The way it works as well is like it acts on your central nervous system to produce a state of sedation that relaxes your muscles and apparently lowers your anxiety levels. So in essence, diazepam is is a, it's a tranquilizer. It sedates you. You know, it, from looking at what it does and how it works, just that brief um, overview there, diazepam is something that's just going to sedate you. It's not going to take away your anxiety. It's not going to take away your problem. It's not going to actually solve whatever problem that you're actually dealing with. It's just going to sedate you and, um, you know, just make you, I guess, sleepy more or less, um, which kind of like masks the problem. It doesn't numb the problem. It just kind of like masks it in a way 
um, or it distracts you in a way, or it, it dulls your senses. That's the that's what I'm actually aiming for there. It actually dulls your senses, so you don't actually feel what it is actually dealing with, and it's not actually solving your problem. But that's what um, you know. That's what's getting prescribed to people. You know, for anxiety. You know, for what what, what list did we have? The anxiety, insomnia, alcohol withdrawal. Like, how is this uh, something that's how's a tranquilizer? going to help you withdraw from taking alcohol you know how's a tranquilizer i mean going to help you with seizures i mean it's not going to solve the seizure problem you know it's maybe you might have you might and this is a big might you might have less seizures um but that doesn't mean that the seizures will stop and you know even with insomnia as well of course it's going to help with insomnia because if you can't sleep if you take something that's gonna sedate you, of course you're gonna knock out, you know, like, duh, but that's not gonna solve the problem. You're just sedating yourself, you're tranquilizing yourself, so to speak. Anyway, rant over, let's move on. So what are the side effects of diazepam? So sure as the sky is blue, diazepam and any other synthetic drug out there does come with negative side effects. Like I'm yet to find a, a pharmaceutical um, synthetic drug that does not come with side effects, like every single one of them does. So the side effect profile of diazepam is, I split it into three groups. So you've got your common side effects, you've got your serious slash severe side effects, and you've also got your allergic reaction type side effects. So the common side effect profile for diazepam goes a little something like this. So you get drowsiness, tiredness or fatigue, blurred or double vision, unsteadiness or spinning sensation, constipation, ataxia, which is basically a loss of balance, irritability, nausea, drooling, dry mouth, itching, skin rash, loss, loss of interest in sex. All right. So that's just your common side effects. So this is that list is most likely going to happen when you do take this tranquilizer. It's like, yeah, you take this tranquilizer. The next group is your serious slash severe side effects. So this profile looks a little something like this. So you get memory pro problems, you get slurred speech or trouble speaking, agitation, hallucinations, confusion, restlessness, muscle weakness, uh, tremors, which is basically just shaking, trouble urinating, yellowing of the eyes or skin, jaundice, um, which to me, side note, to me that already is screaming out liver failure, but we'll get to that in a later, the later section of this podcast. You also have sore throat, um, that, that, that does, a sore throat that doesn't go away, fever and chills, um, slow or shallow breathing, or you could fall into a coma because obviously you're sedating yourself, right? Um, and then the allergic reaction um, side effect profile is basically a rash, itching and swelling in your face, tongue and throat, severe dizziness and trouble breathing as well. So, you know, even if it's a smaller, I've looked at a few drugs in the past, specifically antidepressants, which have a bigger list of side effects. But even this one, even though it has a smaller list of side, eff side effects in comparison, the side effects are still not pretty. They're not positive side effects. These are very negative side effects. I mean, and first of all, just looking at the drug, understanding what diazepam is, it's a tranquilizer. You know, it's the thing that they give horses when they want to do stuff to the horse. And even when I came up with my, when I was, something that came up during my research, which I haven't put in the blog post, but I just feel it's worth mentioning here in the podcast, is that another societal problem with diazepam is that it's used as a date rape drug. You know, people use this to put into drinks of victims or people they're targeting for unsolicited sex, all right? So, because they know that it, it will sedate someone, they will, it will tranquilize them, they won't have any um, control over their body, and they can have their way with them. 
So it's, it's, it's a big problem, not just that it's going to give you these negative side effects, but also the way people actually use it. Anyway, let's move on. Um, so what are the withdrawal symptoms of uh, diazepam? So look, the reason I bring this up is because with any synthetic man-made pharmaceutical drug, you are going to have withdrawal symptoms because it's not natural, it's man-made. And it's not made to do to help you, it's made to give you more problems than the, pro the promise that it has. Like it, it should take this thing away, but it's going to give you these 500 other things that you need to deal with, right? So, but again, at the same time, the reason I'm talking about the withdrawal symptoms, because I know that there are people out there that actually want to wean off diazepam altogether. They want to stop taking it. But the risk, the very big fat risk they have of, of doing that if they just stop cold turkey is that all these withdrawal symptoms are going to show up. So what do they actually look like? What, like what's going to happen if you actually, if you're taking it right now, you want to wean off and you just stop taking it cold turkey. Here's, here's what I found that could possibly happen, right? So you've got your physical symptoms such as headaches, nausea, vomiting, stomach pains, cramps, and even tremors mostly in your hands. So it's tremors is just like shaking mainly, right? Then you've also got cardiovascular symptoms such as increased blood pressure and increased heart rate, right? You've also got your neurological symptoms such as confusion and potential seizure, seizures, sorry. Um, and, and they say that seizures during withdrawal is actually potentially fatal and needs immediate medical attention. So if you're someone who's taking diazepam, you want to wean yourself off diazepam, you start weaning yourself off diazepam and you start getting these neurological withdrawal symptoms, one of which is seizures, your, those seizures could actually be fatal. It could actually kill you. Like trying to do the right thing with this drug could actually kill you. Like getting off it could actually be very harmful for, so that's something I found, that's something to be aware of before you actually embark on the journey of weaning yourself off. And then the last withdrawal symptom is your psychological one, which is you get cravings, um, you get mood swings, uh, your depression um, increases, um, you get panic attacks. So the, the, you're, if you're treating for anxiety, your panic attacks will just come back. And again, you get rebound anxiety as well. So let's say your anxiety didn't have panic, panic attacks, you just had the sense of anxiety, that will come back. So this supposed drug that they use to treat for anxiety amongst other conditions, um, if you stop taking it, your anxiety... Of course, your anxiety return, and who knows, it might return even worse than before because now you took this tranquilizer, we'll just call it what it is, right? You took this tranquilizer um, to supposedly help solve the problem, but it's actually not really solving the problem. It's making the problem worse. It's just that the people who are selling it to you, um, you know, under the guise of authority and a white coat, um, you know, they're not doing that. They're not doing what they're meant to be doing, you know? So I don't even know why this is why this is even in rotation right so this all leads us to the question of the day can you take cbd oil with diazepam now from a safety perspective um i personally believe it is a bad idea to take cbd oil with diazepam because the risk of something going wrong is very 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 high and to be specific what you're looking at is the drug interactions because um which is again, I'll get into deeper. But in fact, I might, I might as well just getting into get into it now. The reason why I say drug interactions is because CBD oil, uh, not even just CBD oil, any or eighty percent of pharmaceutical drugs are all broken down in your liver, 
by a liver a group of liver enzymes called cytochrome p450 and it's the same liver enzymes that break down uh, CBD, same liver enzymes that break down THC, same liver enzymes that break break down the other cannabinoids are present in, in your CBD oil. Even if your CBD oil does not have THC, it still has to break down CBD and the remaining cannabinoids because you're going to, obviously you want to benefit from that entourage effect, right? So that's the main reason. You don't even need to dig too deep into this, right? Just that reason alone is... Um, poses a lot of risk if you decide to take CBD oil together with diazepam. Because when someone's asking that question, they're asking, I can see two, two sets of people asking this question. The first set is they want to wean off diazepam. They want to get rid of diazepam from their life. But they're thinking, oh, what if I take diazepam and then I take CBD oil like at the same time? Bad idea. And then the second group of people, the second set of people is the people who want to just reduce the impact of the side effects. Again, for you to reduce the impact of the side effects, you take diazepam and you take CBD oil at the same time. Bad idea. Okay, regardless of the goal, taking the two at the same time is a bad idea because they're both broken down in the same section um, that's in your body, your liver, liver enzymes, cytochrome P450. And what would occur, the risk of things that would happen, I personally believe in my personal view, right, is that one, you're going to intensify the side effects that you're already experiencing. So we've already been through that list. If you if you actually take the two together, you're going to see an, an intensification of the side effects you're already experiencing. Number two, you can you may also see yourself being exposed to a wider variety of side effects that come with using diazepam. So maybe if you're only experiencing one or two side effects, you might jump to three, four, five, six, or seven different side effects, depending on how extreme or severe your case is, if you mix the two together. So there's the intensification and there's the multiplication of side effects that you may experience. But that's not all. The third one is liver failure. So remember how initially when we I, I kind of highlighted one of the side effects was yellowing of the eyes and the skin, jaundice, right? Jaundice is one of the symptoms of liver failure, all right? This is where you're, you're experiencing liver damage because you're overtaxing your liver for one reason or the other. In this case, uh, the reason is because you're actually taking, you're overtaxing your liver because you're taking too many pharmaceutical drugs or you're taking you're taking a pharmaceutical drug and you're taking CBD oil together. You know, I mean, just diazepam alone could cause liver failure because it's one of the side effects, right? Jaundice is one of the side effects. Now, if you add CBD oil to that, you're increasing the risk of that actually happening, which again is why it is a bad idea to do so, all right? It's just common sense. So look, I'm, I'm bringing all this to light because I want to share a, what, 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 what can I call it, like a strategy, right? Um, in fact, before I even go into the strategy, let me, let me tell you what the other symptoms of liver failure are, because we've spoken about jaundice, right? But what else can you, uh, I guess, look for or be aware of, should I say, if um, you experience liver failure? Or how do you know you've actually got liver failure? So, of course, we've mentioned jaundice. You've also got pain in your upper right abdomen. I'm sure that's the location of where your liver is. Um, abdominal swelling as well. Nausea, vomiting. Um, a malaise, which is a general sense of feeling unwell. You've got disorientation or confusion and sleepiness. So those conditions in some combination or the other is a sign that you have actually got 
or experiencing liver failure because you're overwhelming or overtaxing your liver in this situation because they're taking too many drugs at once. Your liver can only break down so, so much at, a, at any given time. Now, how, how, can, how can someone right, use CBD oil to wean themselves off diazepam? I mean, my goal with making this content is to Kind of, to kind of light a way or show a way that you could actually use CBD oil to wean yourself diazepam so you don't have to keep taking it for the rest of your natural life. And look, there is, there is a way to do it. I've seen a few um, pro-cannabis medical professionals actually talk about a way to actually wean yourself off. So I've kind of compiled that information and I created like a little format that I'm going to go through now. I don't know. I'm, I'm also working on making this like a downloadable PDF. So any, if you don't have time to actually go through my content and get to this section where you can find it, if you went to my website, hempnerd.co, you'd be able to find um, this five-step strategy, I guess, to help you wean off whatever drug it is without causing any negative side effects. Yeah, I'm still working out how I can actually position this. But look, these are the five steps because there is a way, all right? There is a way. The bad idea is taking them at the same time. But then there is certain things you can put into place, um, certain strategies or steps or tactics, I'll call them strategies that you can follow um, that can help you get to your goal with, um, you know, with minimal damage, with minimal um, guesswork as well and with minimal um, risk. That's the word I was looking for. Now, the first thing I highly recommend anyone should do, right? If your goal is to wean yourself off, not just to reduce the side effects. I mean, reducing the side effects is fine, but to me, that's an indicator that you still want to take diazepam. Why would you still want to take this silly drug, this tranquilizer? Um, your goal should be to wean off, right? That would be my goal anyway. If I came across this, info this information, my goal would be to wean off. So the first thing I'll do, or the first thing I recommend you do, right, is buy a journal, right? Have a person, either buy one, or I'm sure maybe you've got one sitting around at home, have a personal medical journal, because this is one of the most important tools you can have in your arsenal in regards to um, using medical, or should I say cannabis therapy, medical marijuana or cannabis therapy to wean yourself off diazepam, because Again, cannabis therapy, medical marijuana is not yet mainstream um, medical practice. It's not mainstream yet. In fact, the, the powers that no longer be are trying to keep it away from mainstream. They're trying to keep it illegal for as long as possible because they know that once this become main, once medical cannabis becomes mainstream, that will eliminate a lot if not all of the drugs on the shelf at the moment because the plant the, the cannabis plant by itself is a pharmacy within a plant so if we, this thing becomes legal we start to harness the power that's within this plant and we use it wisely then we won't need any of the drugs that are being um, that are currently on the shelf at the moment we won't need them because they're, they're just irrelevant they're, yeah I've got my own thoughts on those drugs but that's not the point of this podcast so have a personal medical journal right? Um, it's very important that you do so because you want to track a lot of the data, right? And some of the examples of the data that you want to be tracking before you actually start your new regimen of, you know, weaning yourself off um, diazepam, what have you, is the first thing that you want to do is you want to know what condition you're treating for, all right? You want, obviously, you want to know what goal you, you, you want to achieve. 
Next, you want to know the type of CBD oil that you'll be using, whether it's a full spectrum or a broad spectrum or maybe even a CBD isolate. But I would lean more to either full or broad spectrum because you want the you want to take advantage of the entourage effect of the other cannabinoids working in your system. You want to take advantage of that. The next thing you, I believe you, oh, I see that you should be tracking is um, the concentrations of CBD and or THC if it's a uh, full spectrum product that you're using. Um, so how many milligrams per bottle? Another thing that you'll be looking at tracking is the type of cannabis plant that's being used, whether it's a sativa plant or an indica or it's a hybrid, which is either sativa dominant or, high, um, or indica dominant. You want to have that information in there as well. Um, you want to know what carrier oil that the company is actually using. So you want to know whether it's MCT oil, which is, I guess, coconut oil, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong or could be mistaken. Um, olive oil or hemp seed oil. Those are the main three different oils that they use. Uh, I think MCT oil is the most popular one. And then you've got um, olive oil and hemp seed oil as well. But you want to have that information in your journal. Um, with every diff every every new batch that you buy, you want this information. Another another one you want is your dosage amounts per per administration. So you want to know how many milligrams you'd be getting roughly per drop, and then how many drops per administration. So if you let's say it's it's like I don't know two milligrams per drop, and then that means I'm going to be having two two drops per administration. So you know, okay, that's four milligrams pre-administration you know so that's again the type of information you want to dial in and have in your journal next you want to know the the dosage frequency so are you doing it once a day twice a day three times a day are you doing it in the morning the evening at night are you doing it just in the morning and and at night you know and then you, the last thing you want to know this is what i have on my list anyway obviously when you start doing this you're going to have you're going to figure out what else you should be tracking right but this is just like a guide to get you started to kick you off or to kickstart your journey to a smoother kickstart kick you on the road to smoother recovery right but lastly after you have all that information the results you want to track the results as well when you took two milligrams or four milligrams in the morning how did that make you feel was it positive was it negative was it neutral um, and then even when you're increasing your dosages, if you're going from four to eight milligrams, if you did that in the afternoon, what were your results? Was it positive? Was it negative? Was it neutral? You want to track all that information because right now the medical system isn't doing that for you. And if you want to, if you want to a better quality of life, if you want that condition that you're dealing with to go away, not to just take a, a tranquilizer to put you to sleep while the condition is still there. And then once the tranquilizer wears off, the condition comes back and it comes back with friends. You don't want that. All right. You don't want that. So this is a way. All right. This is a way of you taking matters into your own hands, having a personal medical journal. Um, as you're using CBO, be smart about this, all right? This is your health that we're talking about. So the next thing that we need to look at is um, spacing out the time between administrations. So this is another uh, strategy that's actually highly recommended by pro-cannabis medical professionals because um, obviously we want to prevent you from overtaxing your liver. We want to prevent you from getting liver failure. We want to prevent a mechanism called, um, the scientific community calls this um, competitive inhibition which basically means that you, what, the worst case scenario of this is that CBD or THC will be blocking diazepam from being metabolized in your liver. 
and if that happens more of diazepam the serum of diazepam is made uh, more abundant in your body and if that's more abundant in your body it's not being broken down it will cause again more of those side effects to, that you're already experiencing to either intensify or multiply and then obviously we've also got the possibility of you getting liver failure as well because your liver is already working with CBD and then your diazepam is trying to get in there to be metabolized and your liver is like getting overwhelmed and saying oh my god what do I do and then it just it fails and then all of a sudden you've got all these conditions so you don't want that so the time frames that pro cannabis medical professionals normally recommend is anywhere between one to three hours depending on how fast your metabolism is but that gives your body enough time to metabolize one thing and then the next thing when it's ready right now if your goal is to wean off diazepam if that is your goal then and this is my personal approach all right you you figure this out for yourself you know your body better than i do um but if if i'm if my goal was to wean off diazepam in my personal opinion in my personal view i would start with cbd oil i've got my journal you know i've got obviously i've bought the oil and i've, I've written everything all the information i need to know about the oil i would start with the oil a few milligrams where it's one or two drops and i'll know exactly i'll work out how much how many milligrams are in a drop i'll start with that give my body one to three hours i'll even time myself to see if i feel any effects so as soon as i take the drops i'll turn turn on like my stopwatch or timer or what have you and then see how long till i start feeling an effect and then i'll stop it there and then i'll that will give me an indicator of how long it takes my body to metabolize cbd oil once i start feeling the effects all right and then from there if if it is if i feel it is necessary for me to take diazepam depending on the condition i'm dealing with because it couldn't be it may it may not be anxiety it may be something another reason why i'm taking uh, diazepam but right now the only logical reason i can see for taking diazepam would be you know voluntarily would be for anxiety right because it's not like i'm going under the knife every day so i need to take diazepam every day and it's not like i need need it for muscle muscle relaxant in fact side note indica the indica strain of cannabis is way better for muscle relaxation than diazepam way better the only side effect is well the only side effects i know of is that you you get the munchies and you just sit down and and you even get better sleep it would be good for insomnia as well side note <laughs> rant over but back to back to the, the drug administrations yeah one to three hours time yourself see when the effects kick in and if it's necessary for me to take diazepam i would take it but if i don't see the necessity for taking it then i won't take it all right and then i'll see when how long that lasts for how long those effects obviously i write down the effects how long they last for what time i took it what time it kicked in tracking all that information in my journal and then um, just see how the progress continues, how, how, how things go. If there is a necessity, if I feel or see that there's a necessity for me to take diazepam, maybe because of, I don't know, the withdrawal symptoms to kind of negate that, maybe I would or maybe I would increase the, the dosage of CBD oil, who knows? But as long as I'm tracking everything, I'm giving, the point here is to give enough time for each one to metabolize. So one to three hours, for each one to metabolize if you're if you just want the side effects if you just want to manage your side effects the impact of the side effects obviously you start with diazepam track or time how long it takes for it to kick in once it kicks in um note that time so at least you, you understand or you know roughly 
how long it takes your body to metabolize diazepam and then once you have that information then you and then you start feeling the side effects then you can take your CBD oil because by that time your liver would have already metabolized the diazepam so you're not overtaxing your liver we're preventing uh, liver failure you know or we're minimizing the risk let me put it that way we're minimizing the risk of you getting liver failure um, and versus you know you just messing messing things up all right so that's the second strategy third strategy microdosing CBD oil now micro if you don't know what microdosing is microdosing is the practice of taking the minimum amount of something a substance possible to get the desired result that you want from it um, in the case of cannabis let's say you're taking a full spectrum product that has um, enough THC to get you high right there are actually people in the US that admit to microdosing that kind of product or that kind of cannabis therapeutic product um, because they want the benefits of a reduced anxiety reduced depression but they don't want to get high they don't want to be you know high maybe at work or while driving or they just don't want to be high at all they're not recreational users they're actually using it for medical reasons so they microdose so they're taking enough to get the the anti anti-anxiety effects and the antidepressant effects without getting the high from the THC and that's what microdosing enables you to do what is micro so how can you pull that off so microdosing generally pro cannabis doctors recommend starting with anywhere from two to three milligrams um, and that's obviously if your CBD or cannabis therapy oil has enough THC to make you high currently in the, the way things are in the world at the moment legally speaking um, you can you cannot get CBD oil with THC enough THC to make you high because they regulate it at 0.3% in the US and 0.2% in the in Europe of THC in a bottle but CBD go for gold so that's not enough to get you high because you actually need anywhere above 7% THC to actually get some kind of high most recreational users when they're smoking a plant or they're smoking a flower they're smoking anywhere from 15 to 20 and 20 like 20 percent THC is a lot even yeah 15 to 20 percent THC or more right uh, look up dabbing they those guys are crazy <laughs> they're taking way too much THC but that's also the, the other side like that's the you know the, we have to find that happy middle ground when using this so anyway microdosing two to three milligrams per serve that's where you start and then you increase depending on the results and what you're treating for slightly, which is the next strategy. But before I get into that, the, what I've also found is that the average range of microdosing is anywhere from three to 10 milligrams, which is what, what that's called. That's the microdosing range, depending on what you're dealing with. But that will enable you to slowly build up to a point whereby you're getting the optimal results with an optimal dosage without causing any negative side effects. Uh, which mostly for CBD oil is diarrhea, which yeah, I could get into in this episode, but I don't know if, if there's a point. The fourth strategy I'd highly is the slowly increasing over time. So obviously we're tracking everything, we're tracking the information, we're tracking the results, we're microdosing, and now it's about slowly increasing the results over, uh, increasing the dosage, sorry, over time. The reason you want to do that is because you don't want to get too excited. Yes, this uh, cannabis is... Some would call a, a wonder drug, right? Or a wonder treatment. But human, us, as human, us as human beings tend to get 
too excited sometimes because of the promise of what something can do. All right. And instead of being, what word am I looking for? Instead of being cautious or not being cautious, not even careful. There's another word I'm looking for. Instead of being careful with our approach, we tend to get too excited and we just want to drink the whole bottle, so to speak. You know, uh, I don't think anyone's actually doing that, but you, you take more than you actually need to. Instead of actually being strategic and careful and then um, watching not only how much you're increasing by and, and you know, making sure you're learning how much you're taking each day, but also what effect that's actually having because everybody's biochemical makeup is different. Uh, the, way I the way my body metabolizes stuff is very different from the way your body metabolizes stuff. The way my body responds to cannabis therapy will be very different from the way your body responds to cannabis therapy and, and your neighbor and my neighbor. So we, we kind of need to be careful. Just because it worked, for, uh, like five milligrams works for my neighbor doesn't mean five milligrams is gonna work for me. Maybe I need three milligrams or maybe I need seven milligrams. But I need to have a, I need to find that for myself, which is again why the journal comes into play. But then, even with slowly increasing, let's say you are at uh, five milligrams, right? You're at five milligrams, you're getting good results, um, but you want to increase it to see if you can still maintain the good results, maybe even have a longer lasting effect and have no side effects. You go to six milligrams, you're looking good. You go to seven milligrams, it's looking good. Then you go to eight milligrams and then all of a sudden you're experiencing dizziness and uh, you're feeling lethargic as well. And you're like, oh, what is this? You know, how come I'm feeling this way? Slowly increasing, because you went from five to six, six to seven, seven to eight, you know that, okay, so from five to six to seven, I was good. And then as soon as I hit eight milligrams, I got these negative side effects. And of course, we're, we're tracking everything in our journal. So we can actually taper it back to seven or six. You can actually show, you've got the, you've got the intelligence now and you've got the data as well to say, oh, look, let me just drop it back to six. In fact, I won't even drop it back to seven. I'll drop it back to six. I'll stay there for a while, maybe stay there for like four days. Then I'll take it to seven. Maybe I'll stay there for a week or two weeks because between seven and eight is where the chaos happens. So maybe I'll give my body more time to build up a tolerance if it needs to for seven. And if I do see the need to increase, then I'll increase, but let me at least give it two weeks or three weeks or something like that. I'll stay at seven. And even if seven sometimes feels like it's a bit too much, I can drop it back to six because between five and seven milligrams is currently my safe zone. And if I go past seven milligrams to eight, it's not, we're in the red zone, if that makes sense. So that's what slowly increasing gets you to do. It, it shows you, it shows you where the you know where your safe zone is and where your danger zone is, and you know when you know you'll be able to move move in between those areas without causing too much negativity or causing too much negative side effects. The last, the final strategy, final final strategy that I would highly recommend is finding a pro cannabis medical professional. Right? Um, I know they're not that many because of the the laws and the regulations around cannabis but they are there right and especially now with the internet you can actually have a consultation like on zoom or something like that maybe skype if, if they're back in the game but if you're tracking right if you go to journal and you're tracking um and you know you're very disciplined you're very strategic you're very careful with your approach you've got all this data and then the last thing is just finding a pro cannabis doctor to work with as opposed to finding a doctor first and then 
starting this process, like you can start this process and then find a doctor and the doctor sees your data. I don't know about you, but if I was a doctor and a patient came to me saying they need my help and they've got data that I can work with, let's say you've been doing it for two months or three months or six months, who knows, but you've got all this data, maybe you've even been using Word, you don't have to write everything down, you've been using a Word document, you've been putting it all in Word, you can just send that off to the doctor. I would be so happy to work with you. Like if I was a doctor, like seeing a patient being that diligent and being that thorough with their self-treatment and then giving me this data to work with, it would be easier for me to work with you because now you understand one, how your body works, how your body responds to cannabis therapy. And then when based on even the results that you're experiencing, I'll be, because obviously doctors, the way I'm looking at this pro cannabis medical doctors are actually trained in this field they'll be able to dial in what you're doing. They'll be able to see things that you can see because of their training, because of their medical training in this specific field, because they are pro-cannabis. It is their job to know how this works. But then you're giving them, not even giving them, you're making their job easier because they're not starting from scratch. The problem we have in society at the moment is that when we go and see a doctor, we're going to start from scratch. Oh, I have this problem. What caused it? I don't know. What have you done? Nothing. Like the doctor has to start from scratch and try and figure out everything, like ask you a million questions, get you to do things that you don't want to do and all these, just to figure out, okay, here's the cause, here's what's working, do more of this. When you can actually start that legwork yourself at home, you know, you've got the companies out there selling CBD oil at the moment, like I'm even affiliated to a few, um, and you can actually start this process of documenting what you're doing, what results you're getting, and how you, how it's you know interacting with your body, and then when you when you give that information to a doctor that you find, let's say I don't know you're in Europe or you're in Australia and you find a doctor in the U.S. because the U.S. is where almost I think all 50 states now of CBD oil is legal. You find a doctor who's willing to consult with you. You send them all this data. It'll be so easy. It'll be so easy for the doctor to actually help you out and say, oh, actually, you don't need to fly all the way over here. You, you've been doing this great work. Just make these minor changes and, and let's talk in a week or two. Document, keep documenting as you're doing and let's talk in a week or two. It'd be so much easier for the doctor to help you out if you did all this work up front before you actually um, found one or consulted with one as opposed to starting from scratch. Just my personal view, okay? This is the way I would do it. If I had a problem and, my, and I could, I've done all the research on what treatment is currently available and I know cannabis therapy is also available um, or, and it works, okay? There's, there's so many studies out there that show that cannabis therapy works, but it's obviously not mainstream because the, power, the powers that no longer be want you to believe that you should keep taking the stuff that you're taking that's actually making your problem worse than better. Um, yeah, I, I would, this is the approach I would use. I would highly recommend um, you do it as well if it's you. Um, but you you have to be careful. You have to be strategic. You have to be careful. You don't want to be doing dumb things like taking diazepam and CBD oil at the same time because you're just going to overtax your liver and cause more problems than solutions. And that's my personal view. Look, if you want to know if there are any side effects with taking CBD oil, the only side effect I know of um, for, well, not even that I know, even researchers, like I looked at two studies, they've been, I've mentioned them in my previous um, episodes as well when I looked at uh, Cymbalta, which is an antidepressant. The, the main 
um, side effect with taking CBD oil, right? Not, not the CBD compound, but the CBD oil is diarrhea. That's it. And I don't believe that comes from actually the CBD. I think that's from the oil itself. Maybe it might be MCT oil that causes it or olive oil that causes it or hemp seed oil that causes it, but not actual CBD because there are a bunch of recreational users. I'm connected to a few recreational user communities online and none of them talk about, oh, when I, when, when I smoke a joint, I get diarrhea. <laughs> no. You know, the only side effect I hear about is they, they, they call the munchies. They, they, they get the munchies, but that's pretty much it. But from CBD oil, and I personally believe it's actually from the oil itself, um, it's mainly diarrhea. Some people have mentioned tiredness. Some of the studies brought up tiredness and uh, appetite or weight fluctuations, which goes back to the munchies. But other than that, the, the most consistent one that keeps showing up is diarrhea. And I personally, my, in my personal view, that I, I see is from the actual oil and not the CBD or the cannabinoids themselves. Um, one research, one uh, this is from the 2017 study. They said in comparison with other drugs used for treatment of these medical conditions, CBD has a better side effect profile. This could improve patients' compliance and adherence to treatment. Okay, so and they concluded the review. So this was a 2017 review, which was updating a 2011 study looking at the safety and side effects of CBD or cannabinoid, a cannabidiol. Sorry, and they concluded by stating that the safety profile has already been established in a multitude of ways for um, it being favorable for patients. All right. The only areas of CBD research that should be extended or looked at is the to close the knowledge gaps. Uh, and as well as having, so we can have a well-tested uh, compound for mainstream use. That is basically it. Like we all know, not just CBD, but the cannabis therapy is the way to go. We know cannabis therapy is the way forward. We are literally just, we just, as a society, as a collective, we literally need to start closing those knowledge gaps. And you as a patient can actually help by journaling your journey, collecting data on yourself, on how this compound works in your body, how much of it you need for your condition, what results you're getting, and finding a doctor you can you can consult with or partner with, and then giving sharing your data with them so they can dial in your treatment, and then they can use your they can they could with your permission of course, but they can use your data to help other patients with similar conditions. That's the way I see we should move forward on this. Otherwise. Those are my thoughts. That's that's my closing piece. The only other thing I have saying I have to say is that look, if you're in the market, you've listened to all this. It all makes sense. You're looking at getting your hands on some CBD oil. Um, you can visit hempnerd.co forward slash CBD shops. On there, I have at, at four four online uh, four online companies that actually sell. Or should I say four online retailers that sell CBD oil? CBD oil. Um, they. They provide international shipping if you're outside the US. They provide discrete packaging so it doesn't get seized by customs. And um, they provide third party, they do third party lab testing on all their CBD oil and they provide certificate of analysis reports on their website. So you can actually see what is 
in the CBD oil and the concentrations of CBD and THC in the batch that they're selling you at the moment. And yeah, if you purchase via our links, obviously you're helping keep Hemp Nerd alive and I'll be very grateful for your support so I can keep bringing out information like this to help you get a smoother road to recovery. Otherwise, that is it for today's episode. Thank you for your time and your attention. Hopefully, if you're new or you've been watching me for a time, I have actually earned your subscription today. For those of you who've already subscribed, thank you very much. I really appreciate you. And I will catch you in the next episode of the Hemp Nerd Podcast. Peace.